The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1,353. The Last Jedi has a lot of very difficult questions for us to consider about the nature of relationships between mentors and mentees and also about following orders from your superiors. And we're just going to explore that a little bit today. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, this is Matt Moore from Comics with Kenobi, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7 the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So one of the questions that has been gnawing at the back of my brain about The Last Jedi revolves around Princess Leia, General Leia, if you will, and Poe Dameron and their interactions in The Last Jedi. Specifically, the choice by Poe Dameron to ignore Leia's orders about continuing the attack on the Dreadnought, and ultimately... Even though Poe gets demoted for the situation, it turns out to be the thing that saves the Resistance's bacon, because if that Dreadnought had survived, then it would have gone into hyperspace, along with the rest of the First Order fleet, would have arrived at that random set of deep space coordinates where the Resistance was, and as opposed to the regular cannons on the Supremacy and on the Star Destroyers that showed up there... I don't think the Resistance would have been able to get out of range of the orbital cannons that the Dreadnought has, right? I mean, those things are supposed to be shooting all the way down to a planet. You would imagine that they've got the range to be able to hit the Resistance where they wouldn't be able to hit it with the Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers are supposed to handle orbital bombardment too, apparently, but, you know, the Dreadnought that had to have had more power to be able to do more damage and you would have to think that if it had shown up in that situation, then the resistance would have been absolute toast. Why they didn't have any other dreadnoughts available? Well, you know, that we don't necessarily know, but let's not get too deep into the weeds on this, all right? And it becomes even more interesting when you put that in light of a reflection that Leia has during the last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry, where she's thinking back to Luke's decisions regarding Darth Vader, regarding Anakin Skywalker around the Battle of Endor, and how he had disagreed with the teachings of his Jedi masters about emotional connections and the fact that he acted on that disagreement and that he moved to save his father and trusted that there would be an emotional connection that would help save him and bring him back to the light side of the force that went against what his teachers had said and it saved everyone as Leia notes in her reflecting back on that situation. So she is certainly familiar with the idea of rebelling against one's <laughs> teachers, mentors, authority, and the fact that it actually works out from time to time. 
but it really is just a from time to time situation because we're not given the lesson in The Last Jedi that that is the way to go because of Poe's harebrained scheme to try to disable the hyperspace tracking on the supremacy and furthering that by deciding to lead a revolt against Vice Admiral Holdo. You know, Maybe there was something in Holdo's, you know, leadership style not involving Poe in the plot about what was going to happen that, you know, kind of led to the situation. But then again, once Poe found out what the situation was, he threw a tantrum and that's what led him to actually lead the mutiny against Holdo. So honestly, I can't really fault Holdo at all for the way that she handled the situation. But certainly you can fault Poe for disobeying his superiors and going so far as to lead a darn mutiny in the resistance at this incredibly fraught time. Meanwhile, you have Luke and Rey, and it's a different situation from the Poe-Leia dynamic because I think we all trust where Leia is at and we believe in her implicitly. Whereas Luke, even though we want to believe in him implicitly, we know that he is a damaged leader at this point and he is not the person that we remember him to be. So you can't necessarily expect the same out of him. You can't expect that he is as trustworthy a mentor as as you would want him to be. And in fact, Ray recognizes that he is a broken man and in probably one of the most beautiful little lines so far in the Last Jedi novelization, Ray's attitude towards Luke in the beginning when he doesn't want to teach her is that, you know, Jakku actually trained her perfectly for dealing with this situation because it taught her two very valuable lessons. Number one, how to deal with broken things and how to wait patiently. So I thought that was a rather stunning insight by Jason Fry in communicating that and putting those pieces together and applying them to The Last Jedi and to the relationship between Rey and Luke. But as far as the mentor-mentee relationship goes, Rey pretty much <laughs> disobeys everything Luke tries to teach her, even though, again, Luke is teaching her from a flawed place, if you will, from a broken place, from not necessarily the place of the most powerful and useful bit of uh, of information. And so, you know, Ray goes to the dark, even though she shouldn't have in that first lesson. Uh, Ray argues against the hubris of the Jedi in the second lesson. And the third lesson that was deleted from the movie, but we're eventually going to see is that she rushed into a situation and tried to handle it when she shouldn't have rushed into a situation in theory, when she should have just let things be. And it was more of a test rather than it being actually a situation that she needed to solve but she used that as the impetus to then do pretty much exactly what Luke did 30 odd years ago in leaving and going off to fight the problem in a very headstrong way but of course Luke had been challenged by his mentors not to go and Luke wasn't really challenging her not to go exactly he was just trying to tell her, hey, the Jedi really just need to not be involved. So I don't think it was quite the same level of don't do it that Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi gave him. 
And whereas I don't think there's a world where you can argue that the Rebellion is better off because Luke left Dagobah for Bespin in The Empire Strikes Back, I think you can make the case that the Resistance is better off because Rey went to face Snoke and Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi. I mean, in The Empire Strikes Back, you can imagine that Leia and Lando and company would have still found their way off of Cloud City. I mean, R2-D2 definitely got a door open and provided a smoke screen, but I have a feeling Leia and company would have been able to figure out their own way of getting on the Vulcan and getting away, and Luke would have gotten more training on Dagobah, so there you go. Meanwhile, Rey and Kylo Ren ending up <laughs> defeating Snoke and all those Praetorian guards together, and then, you know, obviously Rey didn't go over to the dark side, but... I think if you were given the choice between a First Order led by Supreme Leader Snoke versus a First Order led by Kylo Ren, you would definitely pick the Kylo Ren version because Ren is less experienced, less stable, and less adept with the dark side of the Force. So ultimately, I think this is a really difficult discussion, the idea of the mentor-mentee relationship and whether you follow the advice and direction and when you make the decisions to ignore the advice and direction of those mentors and mentees, but it certainly opens the door for that conversation. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I come back, one final thought about this whole situation as applies to the military side of the equation, and it was brought up by another Star Wars novel. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, no sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do, so please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So for bedtime reading these days, Scorekeeper Declan and I are going through the Aftermath novels, and we are in the middle of Life Debt, the second of the trilogy by Chuck Wendig. And a scene recently with Sinjir Rathvelis going to interrogate an Imperial prisoner, that sort of raised the question because he gives an order to a New Republic guard, and the New Republic guard kind of balks at the order, and Sinjir has a moment where he's reflecting on the fact that the Imperials, one of the cool things about it, or at least from his his perspective, excuse me, is that when you gave an order, you followed it. And that was a very useful thing. But with the New Republic, yeah, there may be wonderful good things about the New Republic because they're not, you know, crushing people, destroying people like the Empire did. But when everybody can question orders, then does that allow for gaps, as Sinjir puts it, in the whole structure that allows for the opportunity for an infection, as he describes it, like the Empire to come back in, like he describes the Rebellion as a bit of an infection in the way the Galactic Empire operated, and it allowed the Rebellion to fester and ultimately overthrow its host in his manner of thinking about it. So that's the thing that's kind of had me in mind about the whole mentor-mentee relationship and taking orders from superiors and what just kind of got me off the <laughs> off the bench on this one to at least put it out there as a podcast episode and point out all of these interesting situations where the mentor-mentee superior 
not inferior, but you know what I mean, where, you know, the reporting person has to deal with these situations and the different ways that they respond and the different situations that result. So love to hear your thoughts about it. Chime in at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you force choke your captain, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not an apology, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.